the League of Women Voters of Dane County, and Madison City Channel present Know Your Candidates. United States Congress, District 2, Republican Primary. Here's your moderator, Diane Martin-Liebert. Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your moderator, Diane Martin-Liebert, and I'd like to introduce the Republican candidates for the 2nd District of the United States Congress, Chad Lee and Peter Theron. Um, to start, you each will have three minute opening, be able to make a three-minute opening statement that answers the question, what is your professional, educational, and civic background that qualifies you for the U.S. Congress, and why are you running? And we're starting with you, Chad. All right. Well, Dan, thanks for having me on today. appreciate that. Um, a little bit of background on myself. Um, I was raised in Mount Horb. I still live there today. I own a residential and commercial cleaning company, which is based out of Madison. We clean homes and businesses all over Dane County. So I started my business from the ground up, um, did all the hard work. I was the one of my hands and knees scrubbing floors cleaning toilets, um, and now after years of balancing budgets, creating real private sector jobs, making payroll, it's grown into a successful business. Um, these are characteristics and skills that I think um, make me qualified to, to be the next representative as far as balancing budgets, making things happen. I don't print money, I balance budgets, that's what I do. Um, I, love this, I love this district, I plan on staying here. Um, so yeah, that's really, you know what I do. My background is business. Like I said before that I was doing sales and marketing. I have my degree in business administration. So that's really my specialty as far as where um, my interests are, why I got involved in politics. I think that we need more responsible spending. Um, I think we need to start looking at the future of America and what the irresponsible spending is going to have as far as effects on our country, on our kids, on our grandkids. And I want to make sure that our future generations have the same freedoms and the f same dreams that we've been allowed to have as far as growing up and it doesn't matter where you came from, doesn't matter what um, kind of upbringing you had because in America you can dream big and you can go after that and I want to do my part to make sure that future generations can can do that. Yeah, thank you. Peter? I'm Peter Theron. I'm working to be your next representative. I came to Madison in 1980 to go to graduate school. I have a, a, UW-Madison, where I earned a PhD in mathematics. I have taught mathematics, statistics, and computer science at the college level ever since. I'm also a self-employed computer programmer. As someone who teaches fairly abstract subjects, I have a great deal of experience in problem solving. And with our federal budget being pretty much 40% in the red, we need a great deal of creative problem solving in Washington, D.C. One thing I've done recently locally was draw attention to the effect of high-speed rail on the traffic in Madison with the citizen-initiated rail corridor use study, abbreviated CIRCUS. Uh, this successfully drew attention to that. The city is now considering at doing its own traffic study. So that's the kind of creative problem solving I'll bring to, to the U.S. Congress with me. Also, I'll bring with me the persistence and hard work that earned me a PhD. Right now, we have a situation where the budget is completely out of control. We're spending 40% more than we're taking in. If we keep this up, even the next year, we're going to have our grandchildren 
be at working as economic slaves to Chinese masters. We'll, that means we'll have to be cutting the budget severely. I'm looking towards rolling back the spending to the 2007 level, and then from there, cutting across the board. I've also embraced Paul Ryan's Roadmap for America's Future, a way of reforming Social Security and Medicare. One of the areas of mathematics that I have taught a number of times is the mathematics of finance. So I understand the math behind Paul Ryan's roadmap. I can explain it to others at any time. And I embrace it completely. It grandfathers in those who are 55 and older. I'm 54, so I don't qualify. And for those of us who are under 55, we have a different set of, of promises because the current promises for Social Security and Medicare are not sustainable. I'm looking at a government that does not legislate responsibly. We have 2,000-page bills that are not read before they're, uh, before they're voted on, bills that are not being put on the Internet for people to, to see and comment before they're being voted on, before they're being, being signed. Also, we have bills that are passed that have, don't even have a legitimate title. A, a bill recently passed, $26 billion. Title was XXXXXX, Act of XXXX. That's not responsible, uh, and that's not taking care as a legislator. I will bring responsibility, care, and a creative problem-solving skills to Washington, D.C. Thank you. Now, the next question <coughs> starts with you, Peter. What do you believe is the most urgent issue for the residents of the 2nd Congressional District? Why, and what do you think the solutions for that is issue are? At this point, I believe the most urgent issue for the entire country is jobs. Our unemployment rate is the official unemployment rate of 9.5%, woefully undercounts the actual unemployment because over 2 million Americans are not counted because they're considered not actively looking for work. Well, they're really they're unemployed and, and they should be counted. If you do count them, we have 10% plus unemployment and that is the worst unemployment we've seen since World War II. To get the economy moving, we, cannot depend, we should not be doing anything in terms of a short-term stimulus. The spending coming out of Washington is completely irresponsible. Instead, what we should be looking at is extending the Republican tax cuts and making things more certain for businesses. The regulatory uncertainty from things such as the, the talk about the lame duck session with cap and tax with card check just makes all businesses pull in their horns. We have on the order of $1.8 trillion in, in funds that businesses have that they're not investing because of the uncertainty from this administration. So extending the tax cuts and making a, a certain regulatory regime rather than the uncertainty that folks are facing now. Thank you. Chad? Yeah, well, I think it's jobs in the economy. I mean, really, um, as I told you before, my background is business. I'm in the business of creating real private sector jobs. I think we need to bring those back. On a daily basis, I'm traveling all over the second district. I was in Beloit a couple days ago. Um, that was one of my stops, and the real unemployment rate right there right now is 25%. Now, that's one in four people is unemployed in Beloit. That's the second largest city in the district. Um, the w what ways we can help them is lower taxes, create an environment for businesses, small businesses that create 60 to 80% of all new jobs, um, 
allow them the freedom, and not just the freedom, but the confidence to invest back in their business. Right now, a lot of businesses are keeping their money um, if they have any extra because they don't know what the cost of doing business is going to be in uh, next year. You know, the tax rates are going up in, in January, and it scares businesses. It scares me as a business owner. I'm trying to create jobs. I'm trying to um, invest back in my business, and if I don't know the cost of, go of staying in business, how can I confidently go forward and create more jobs without knowing the cost of doing that. So we need to create a better environment. Um, we need to lower taxes, keep them as low as possible, reduce regulation. And also, I want to put a big focus on the, on the college students. You know, we have five universities here in the second district. I've talked to countless students. And <clears throat> the cost of, of going through school, the cost of tuition, has continued to rise during these economic hard times. Um, once they graduate, there aren't jobs here in Wisconsin, and so we as taxpayers are supporting them, giving them an incredible education, but yet that talent is leaving the, the state. And I want to figure out a way to keep that talent here in Wisconsin because we've invested in that, and this is a great pr place to live. This is the place that I grew up. This is the place I want to stay with my family, and I want to make sure that it stays um, the great place that it, that it has been, and I know it can be. Okay, thank you. Now, Chad, you get this question. There is an urgent sense that partisan politics is hampering the work of Congress, both with it, within each House and between the House and the Senate. Do you believe this, and how would you work to fix this? Well, I think th there's always going to be some sort of partisanship in, in politics. That's the way it is. Unfortunately, it's, it's, been exa it's, it's exaggerated itself the last few years, and that's an unfortunate thing, not just for Washington, but for the entire country and for us here in the second district, because um, it, there's a lot more fighting and arguing than there needs to be. Now, as a business owner, I have to solve complex problems. I have to work with different personalities, different um, situations, and so I feel that um, I've basically gone through a lot of the the problems and issues. As far as you know, you you butt heads with whether it's <coughs> employees or or other businesses in different ways, and you learn. To, to figure out problems in a reasonable manner, in a responsible way. And so I think that you know, it's never going to go away just because of the nature of it. However, I'm going to do my part to, to be responsible and act as an adult. And I hope the other um, representatives do the same. But I'm definitely open to, um, you know, I guess, bridging the gap and, and just being reasonable, responsible, and getting things done. Peter? The current Republicans were, and particularly in the House, it's always been the case that the, the majority rules. Uh, so when the Republicans were in the majority, there was complaints from the, the, the minority Democrats that they weren't being listened to. And now with the Democrats in the majority, well, the Republicans aren't being listened to. And that's the way the House is set up. The Senate's different, but we're running for the House. In the House, you're, all, you're, you're essentially trying to get a majority on whatever you're trying to do, and typically you'll get that majority from your own party. That doesn't mean you can't, if, if you will, incorporate ideas from, the other, from wherever they come. As mentioned, I, uh, the, the, the circus and, and other ideas, I didn't originate the, the, the circus. I came up with the acronym, but Nancy Mistel in her campaign brought that one forward. And so that idea had been out there, but someone had to act on it. So we also have, we have good ideas which come from various sources, not, not just from members of Congress. And we'll, we'll take all of those ideas and put them together. Paul Ryan's roadmap, uh, the ideas were not 
came from many sources. He synthesized it and popularized it, and for that he deserves a lot of credit. And I, as I said, that's one big issue where we are going to need to have a quite a debate because people need to realize that the current path is unsustainable, and it's already Social Security is already in the red. Medicare is effectively in the red. Uh, the Social Security disability, the, even its trust fund, will run out in the next seven years. So these are problems we need to address right now. The solutions are, are very easy to demagogue. We've seen it before. That's why uh, during this campaign I'm, st I'm stating that I will work for reform because I feel, believe that people should know that the, the representative they choose will work for reform and what reform he will work for. And so that's why I've been stating it as often as I can uh, because what we've seen right now is people who campaigned on one platform or, or with one set of slogans and then started governing as something else. Uh, okay, thank you. Your time is up. And Peter, this one is for you. What would you identify as the most important issue of domestic policy that the Congress must deal with in the upcoming term and why? And what do you believe should be done about the issue? Well, again, for domestic policy, we have the, the, the two problems which are interrelated of overspending and the reform of entitlements. The entitlement reform, a very tough nut to crack uh, if we, we descend into partisan bickering, but people looking at it mathematically, looking at it financially, realize that Social Security is a Ponzi scheme. It is not sustainable as it currently exists, and it must be reformed. The reforms can take many different um, paths, but ultimately, the, the current promises that are being made are not sustainable to folks uh, even as young as I am and certainly not as young as Chad is. So the, going forward, we need something different. We also need something different in terms of our spending. 40% of every dollar spent is borrowed, and that is not sustainable. And if we let that continue into the next Congress, we don't know how close we are to the edge of a cliff. We saw what happened with, with Greece when uh, they essentially defaulted, the default of the United States would be catastrophic, not only for us here in Wisconsin, for everyone in the United States, and for the entire world. Okay, thank you. Chad? Well, I think something that really needs to come to the forefront is a balanced budget amendment. I think we need to start balancing budgets going back to, going back to business. I don't have a money printing machine, and so if I come to a point where I can't make payroll or I can't balance the budget, I have to go line by line and figure out where can I cut spending. Maybe I'm using too many minutes on, on one of the manager's cell phones or I'm not using enough and so I can cut the plan or um, things of that nature. Maybe I have, I'm, doing, I'm paying for two of the same things and I can cut one and still get the job accomplished. Um, so really I think it comes down to um, balancing the budget and making sure that we're fiscally responsible. You know, we've had enough bailouts to, to last a lifetime and more. I think those need to end as well. But again, it, we have to figure out a way to, to cut spending and start balancing budgets, being responsible. We cannot sustain the path that we are on as a nation without digging ourselves deeper and deeper in debt. And eventually it's going to catch up to us. It already has started. And if we don't start making those decisions now, tough decisions in fact, it's just going to get exas uh, exacerbated down the line, and, and the problems are going to get bigger and bigger. If we don't uh, cut spending now, the problem is going to 
incrementally increase and we're going to have to cut even more down the line. So we have to start making some, you know, some tough decisions, but we have to do that as a responsible government. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Chad, this one is yours. <coughs> what would you identify as the most important issue of foreign policy that Congress must deal with in the uh, upcoming term? And what do you believe should be done about this issue? Well, foreign policy, you know, I, I think it, the first thing that comes to mind is we need to be, you know, protect our borders. Now, I don't know if you consider that foreign or not, but we do need to protect ourselves um, on the borders. And so I think that's an issue that I, I particularly have uh, an interest in. My wife is, is Hispanic. She's, uh, she grew up on the southernmost tip of Texas. And so having conversations with her and even going down there and visiting her family, I've seen the effects of open borders and what that does to a society. Now on the furthest southern tip of Texas, um, it's, a, it's a different world than up here in, in, in Wisconsin and here in Madison. I mean, it's, it's totally different. Uh, you have tanks on the border. You have soldiers with machine guns. I mean, it looks like there's an all-out war being ready to be fought. And it's a scary thing being down there. And, and so I guess we first of all have to make sure that we're protecting ourselves as a nation. And, and so we need to secure the border. And by doing that, we also need to enforce the law. And uh, to go along with that, we also need to encourage legal immigration. I know that's been a hot topic lately. And by encouraging legal immigration, I'm saying, okay, let's find a process that doesn't take 10, 12, 15 years to become a legal, legal citizen. If you have someone that's 60 years old and they say, you know, I don't have 10, 15 years to figure out the process, they, and the borders are wide open, we're encouraging illegal behavior. So if we can streamline the process where we can make it um, a nice system where it's, it's something that's not, it doesn't go over their head and they can figure it out in a reasonable time, um, I think that will help the whole process in general. But I think that's the, f the first and foremost issue that we need to focus on. Okay, thank you. Peter? I think a true foreign policy issue that needs to be addressed is our, our wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, right now, we have the the best generals in place in Af Afghanistan, and the question is, are we giving them sufficient resources to do the job? General Petraeus has just recently was testifying, asking for a uh, rela relaxation of Barack Obama's timetable for withdrawal. That's something that the current Congress needs to deal with, and the next Congress needs to be co uh, cognizant in terms of funding, uh, because it's, it certainly is the height of irresponsibility to cut the funding of our troops when they're in the field. Border security is very important. Uh, it, I, I have been advocating a, a secure border. Also, the, the mandatory use of E-Verify uh, to make sure that the people who are working are, in fact, legal. Um, once we have the border secure, then we can worry about streamlining the legal immigration. But the, the, uh, the streamlining waits until border, the border is secure. Okay, thank you. Now, Peter, this one is yours. What committees would you be most interested in serving on and why? The current representative, Tammy Baldwin, is on the Judiciary Committee and the Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, those would be reasonable <coughs> committees. One thing I think that we, we're seeing is that our judiciary is um, somewhat out, is out of control. We have activist judges who are making decisions that overturn the, the popular, the elected will of, uh, a great, of millions of people. And those decisions are often made on questionable constitutional grounds. Uh, we also have a situation where 
it's as far as energy and commerce, as I mentioned earlier, the regulatory uncertainty. Energy and commerce is a big part of that. The Gulf oil spill and the overreaction of the Obama administration essentially chasing all of our oil rigs out of the Gulf, which is going to hamper our oil supply in the near future. I think that that needs to be investigated, and so energy and commerce is also a reasonable committee. Uh, but pretty much I will go there with an open mind and, and talk with my colleagues and say where, where it seems that I can do the most good in terms of solving the serious problems we have of overspending and then reforming Social Security and, and Medicare, as well as also dealing with this financial regulatory bill, uh, which was 2,300 pages of unread, unintended consequences. Okay, thank you. Chad? You know, as a business owner, um, I guess I would go into it with an open mind, like, like Peter said, actually, you know, and I would see where my skill set would be most valuable. Now, it depends on what's going to open up, but I, I would hope that there'd be something in the form of um, a finance committee of some nature where I could um, look at the budget line by line and figure out ways that we can cut spending again. You know, that's what I do for a living. I, I create jobs, I balance budgets, and I make sure that um, bus my business is run in an efficient manner, and I want to make sure that the government is doing the same thing. So I think those, that's my skill set, and that's where I'd be the most valuable. Now, it depends if that's a, a position that's going to be opened up. If it's not, then we can look to secondary things. But I feel that, for me, that's where I would be most interested in it because that's uh, really where my passion is. Okay, thank you. Okay, Chad, you get this question. <clears throat> As a freshman representative, what do you think is the most important way for you to make your mark among 435 members? Well, you know what? Before I started my business, what I did is I went to the most successful business owners, small business owners that I knew, and I took them out for lunch. And I, and I sat there with a notebook, and I asked them questions, and I took notes. And I said, what are some valuable lessons that you've learned over the process of running your business? Maybe some mistakes that you made that you, if you go back in time, you would avoid them. And I took notes, and I learned from people who have been there who have done that. And I think when I got there, the first thing I would do is I would go to um, really the people who are, are probably um, the most respected in Congress, and I, it wouldn't matter whether they're, they have an R by their name, a D or an I, I would go to them and I would say, you know, what have you learned about the process? What have you learned, um, is what kind of mistakes did you make early on that maybe I can avoid and, and really, you know, leave, leave my mark, as you said, or leave a legacy mm -hmm. and be the most effective and efficient I could be. So that's what I would do first and foremost because I did it for my business and it's gotten to me where I was with, with this. I've done that with other things in the past and no, there's no better way to learn than from people who have been there who have done, done that and been su successful in the process. Thank you. Peter? One way you can make a mark in Congress is in, with seniority. Another way you can make a mark in Congress is with your ideas because good ideas, well argued, will in fact win the day. Uh, with my problem-solving skills, creative use of the media, or take, uh, then looking towards making a mark that way. Because even if you say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to others. Chad's now got himself 435 lunches. That will mean the first year plus. Um, food's pretty good in D.C. Better watch your waistline, Chad. The Looking at, again, ideas because ideas matter. 
and then coming up with creative ways to, to further other people's legislation. Again, talking to the other Republicans because they have ideas there. Uh, also talking with uh, plain folks here, not so plain folks in, in, in the district. Getting ideas from wherever, being able to synthesize solutions and then presenting them. Another one that I've presented to Paul Ryan already is changing the transportation funding mechanism uh, strings so that instead of having transportation monies, you have to pay them back if, you, if a transportation project is killed because the federal government doesn't have the money to finish any transportation project. I would change, I suggested we change the transportation string so that if a project is killed, then the money that's been spent will be forgiven. Uh, and we'll change the transportation grants into loans because again, the federal government is borrowing that money and that way people will treat it as, as the borrowed money that it really is rather than as the free money that it seems. Thank you. Well, we're now about at the end of, the, um, of our time and each of you has a minute um, to make a closing statement and we'll start with Peter. This is a critical election. We, we are currently dancing closer and closer to a, to a financial <coughs> precipice. We've never been in, in a situation like this. Even the Great Depression, in some sense, was we, we were in better financial shape than we are now in terms of the amount of debt that we had going into it, the amount of debt that we had uh, in 1939 when, we came, when World War II started. So we have a serious debt problem. We have a serious spending problem. We need to be thinking, rethinking the entire contract, if you will, but what the federal government really can do, what it should be doing. Many things such as Social Security and Medicare will need to be reformed greatly. With my experience, in problem solving. My experience in this district, 30 years living here in Madison, I believe that I'm the best choice to be the next representative from the 2nd Congressional District. Thank you. Chad? Yeah, well, you know, I think there, there's, we are in a point in history where this is an important election, not just for the 2nd District, but for the country in general. Now, I'm not running for governor. I'm not running for Senate. I'm running for United States Congress here in the 2nd District because this is where I live, this is where I want to stay, and this is where I want to raise my family, and I want to make sure it stays the great place that it's been. Now, it's one thing to read about business and problem solving in books and, and spit those numbers and facts out. It's another thing to actually live it. Now, I've lived it. I've started my business. I've grown into a success, successful business. I have created real private sector jobs. I balance real budgets. I've solved real world problems and I deal with those on a daily basis. These are what I bring to the table and that's why I believe that I'm the best candidate for this, for this seat. Thank you. Unfortunately, we have run out of time and I'd like to thank the candidates for joining us and the viewers and remind everyone that the primary election is Tuesday, September 14th. Please vote. And if you'd like more information about voting procedures, uh, the League has uh, a voter's guide called Candidates Answers and it's published in the um, Isthmus, usually the Thursday before Election Day, 
or I think it's a week of Thursday before Election Day. But anyway, if you have any questions, you call the Dane County League Office at 232-9447. And again, I'm Diane Martin-Liebert, and on behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you all for joining us.